Hello and welcome to episode 117 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. Rod Murray's my name and what matters on this episode is the seemingly accelerating dismantling of the world of professional golf as we know it and questions, questions and more questions about what the game might look like a decade from now. Premier Golf League, Super Golf League, LIV Investments, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, Greg Norman, women eating in restaurants, who is who? What is what and what does it all mean? If you're having trouble keeping up or seeing the big picture, you're not alone, but don't despair because today we're going to pull it all apart and see if we can make some sense of it. To help do that, I'm joined by my regular co-host, firstly from the US, a man we'll be leaning on heavily today as he's been doing a fabulous job of covering these events in his excellent Substack, the quadrilateral side note, if you don't subscribe yet, you've got no one to blame but yourself, it's blogger, author, and commentator Jeff Shackford. Shack, I hope you've got plenty of notes there because I suspect you are going to have to answer a lot of questions today, my friend. I prepared. I don't know if my memory will uh, <laughs> recapture all the details of the Premier Golf League uh, proposals, but uh, we can edit. We'll give it a we shot. can edit. We'll make you sound like yeah, you knew thank everything you. as as we you know. do every week. Yes. Yeah. As we try to do every week. From down here in Dummy Corner, a man who, like me, is struggling to make sense of it all. Former tour player turned course architect, columnist, critic, and now, wait for it, tournament director. It's Mike Clayton. Clates, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm not sure I ever envisaged no. you as a tournament director. We'll chat a little bit about the Sandbelt Invitational at some stage, but uh, welcome. How is uh, how is tournament directing going? Uh, thanks, Roger. Well, it's... Um, it's- Tricky, but we're, we're the kind of the antidote to the Premier Golf League. We have no appearance money and n- not much organisation, just four great courses and turn up and play. And So we'll see what happens, but I've got good people who are helping me. Cathy Shearer and Trevor Hurden and oh, nice. all, all those... All, all former friends of yours prior to <laughs> December yeah. this year, all people that you used to get on. Let's quickly talk, because you're right. It is the antithesis of the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about with the Saudi Golf League and Premier Golf League and all those sorts of things. What is the genesis of the Sandbelt Invitational? You might as well give it a plug while we're here. Good Lord, it's your own podcast. If you can't talk about it here, where can you talk about it? It started as a really it, – it's it's a very um, – it's an idea of with integrity, isn't it? It's got golf integrity, I think, this idea. Well, it started off we, – we've run a thing with Jeff Ogilvie called The Game, which we play most weeks. We get 15 or 20 kids – uh, Good players, young kids, not yeah, 50 yeah, markers. Young kids, yeah, who basically the best players in town who play with each other most weeks. We just have a game on Monday or Tuesday and throw in 50 bucks. It's just putting the best players together, and Jeff plays most weeks, and it kind of worked out really well. And when we, when there was a more than even chance they were going to cancel the Australian Open this year, we thought well, we might as well try and have a four-round one, four-round tournament. So I called... A few clubs, Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath, Peninsula and Yarra Yarra are going to hold it this year. Um, 60, to se- 60 to 66 players, pros, amateurs, men, women, playing for a bit of money. Um, so the courses are the stars, really. The clubs were fantastic. You know, I mean, four fantastic golf courses to play, obviously. And we're just going to play, play a four-round tournament. Uh, spectators were uh, allowed uh, I think all of them now Royal Melbourne were redoing their car parks that was going to be tricky but I think that we're going to allow people who can walk up or get in a taxi or a public transport to come and watch so it'll be fun I think Shaq, this altruistic notion, what sort of tournament director is Clates? There's been no discussion of money, profit margins, <laughs> catering contracts. What do you reckon about the Sandbelt Invitational, Jeff? I think it's a really interesting idea. 
Well, I just want to know what his his uh, fund is for appearance <laughs> fees and how he would dole them out, and then also his policy on green reading books. Something tells me Royal Melbourne doesn't have uh, their greens measured quite the way the tour players have become accustomed to. But is that right? They wouldn't. Do you guys have uh, no. doing those services down there? No. No, 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 no. There's not enough. No. There's not enough golf play down here to support yeah. it. That's an industry in its own right, Jeff. As you know, there's just not enough professional golf down here to support it, and certainly yeah, just don't want or need any of that sort of nonsense. So, so, so yeah, anyway. the tournament the week before. So the guys will, they'll, and the girls they'll just turn up on Monday at Kingston Heath and play, and I guess they'll have rangefinders and yeah. they'll kind of so, figure it out. And it, it really could be the start of something interesting, Jeff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the first round. At, First round's at Kingston Heath, Royal Melbourne, Yarra Yarra, and Peninsula, the last eight. It's just straight stroke play, isn't it? Just um... the stroke play, yep. Well, yeah, it's straight stroke play, and the men and women are all in the same tournament. So we're going to, rather than move the tees so far forward that in an attempt to even it up, we're going to play different pars. So the men's par is going to be, I think, 282 maybe, the women 291. I think there's an eight-shot difference. Okay. So the women will – so at, at Royal Melbourne, for example, the 12th and 15th are both sub 500-yard par fives. The men will play them as par fours. The women will play them off the back as par fives. So I, um, the Women's Australian Open has been played around 6,000 metres, 6,600 yards every year. So we'll get the women's course somewhat close to that. And the men, men, men can play off the back tee. And I think the – I think the, we're going to have about an eight-shot difference in the par. So, so the winning score is relative to par. There's no perfect way to do that, is there, Jeff? The men and women, yeah. there's just not a perfect way to do it. And we've I seen like that. lots of formulas and successful, but I think that, that to me, makes uh, some sense as well. Well, better than hand. Well, I watched, I watched, yeah, essentially. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I watched Suo and Minji, play, Minji Lee play the final of the Victorian Amateur at Kingston Heath off the women's tees, 5,400 metres. And I think Sue was for 35 and 3 she won. I think she was like 15 under or something. And then they played that tournament at Karen up a, couple of, a year or two later. And Sue was 22 under, beat Minji by a shot. And someone on the women's committee at Karen up, because we'd just redone the golf course, came and complained that the women's course was too short. <laughs> I said, well, there is. It is for the LPGA players, yes. <laughs> there is 1,000 extra metres behind those tees you played off that you could have used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Isn't it? They're red yeah. tees, by the way, Clates. We're 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 moving we're moving the language on from women's tees and championship tees and that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, interesting stuff. What's your take, Shaq? This could be. It feels to me at some point, not to liken it to, but at some point the Masters, which we know struggled to get off the ground before it became what it is today, it was an idea that was not guaranteed to succeed. This idea is not guaranteed to succeed, but. It's starting with all the right things in place, isn't it? This Sandbelt Invitational to maybe in fifteen years we might look back and say, "Wow, I was at the first one of those, and that was amazing." Hmm. I hope it's sooner than fifteen. I don't want to wait that yeah. long, but yeah, no, I I love the whole concept of it. I can't wait to hear, especially that element, how that works out because we just have so many people clamoring for something where the the men and women are are playing together as teams we've we've hit this point ad nauseum and several other people have and of course um somewhat related to the rest of our conversation later on about the um the various leagues uh, it really speaks to uh this bizarre resistance to um 
it's not progress, but re- resistance to um, blatantly obviously uh, good ideas that um, just mm-hmm. seem to be opposed in the name of uh, of an existing model or something. So I, I, you just need people to 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 provide the examples. Yeah, you know, this is kind of like our discussion with the ball going too far. It's amazing nobody's just had an event. We need the ball, obviously, but you could even do it with like the the Callaway Magna and and different things. But but nobody's really done uh, those kinds of events, or if they have, it's been a secret test, uh, and we don't get yeah. to see it. Um, so I I I can't wait to hear about. It. I hope you're able to get some coverage and. Um, yeah, we've got that organized. Yep, we've got some kind of. However, they paid off the press is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, we're streaming. No, no, well, oh. well, it's fun. It's amazing how many people have volunteered to help. You know, I had a nice. Brad Beecher, Brad Beecher, who caddies for he's been NB Parks only caddy, works in TV when he's not caddying, and he uh, he's got a mate who has televised wow. golf down here, and he's going to do some stuff for us. So it's, it's you know, I think the model of so in Australia, so the model of paying Rory McIlroy a million dollars and yeah. You know, being beholden to sponsors and television and big crowds and just it doesn't work. Well, it kind of works, but it's a $7 million budget and it, no one wants to invest that much in golf anymore in Australia. Or, or if they do, it's one tournament and, and if there's a pandemic and it just all falls over because it can't rely on the local players to carry the well, – to, to well, the argument for the Australian Open, I think, was we can't rely on the local players to carry the tournament. Well, it wouldn't satisfy the sponsors. I mean, there's there's clauses in places and there in contracts. You've got to have X yeah. number of world top twenty players in the field to get the dollars from the government and the sponsors, etc. Uh, give Lucas Herbert a shout out quickly, Clade's most recent well, GA Tour winner. Funnily enough, I, I was on the fifth. It was weird how I remember it. I was on the fifth green at Metro a couple of weeks ago when my phone pinged on Saturday, and I looked at it and it was Lucas Herbert saying, "Can I get a start in your tournament?" <laughs> I've heard said, about your, he said, I've heard about your tournament. It's great what you and Jeff are doing. Can I get a start? I said, yeah, Lucas, you can have a start. <laughs> Probably. No problem at all. Only so, if you win a PGA Tour event first. So, um, <laughs> That's your ticket in. Yeah, so that was tremendous, really. So obviously a big help to have a yeah. top 50 player in the world asking if he can play. Yep, and he will so, be a star of the PGA Tour. Uh, he, he is, he's got all the personality required to be a real standout on the PGA Tour now that he's had a win there. I think America is going to love Lucas Herbert, and he's going to love America. There's the shades of Norman about Lucas. He loves a headline, Lucas, and he's uh, it'll be interesting. So a good, a good get, quote-unquote, for your first. Now, let's not talk about it. That's all very good and altruistic, and the courses being the star of the show, I think, is really interesting and what makes that Sandbelt Invitational, what will make it a fabulous week. I will be there. It's not what we're talking about today, though, Shaq, is it? It is the antithesis of what we're seeing in professional golf. I thought 2022, as it unfolded, would be what we're seeing here in October and November of 2021. We had the Asian Tour announcement with Greg Norman as the commissioner of this new sort of juggernaut. We've had Premier Golf League hanging around well for seven years, but very publicly the last two. There's this murky Saudi involvement in all of that. Can you unpick some of – start wherever you like. Unpick who's who and what's what in this – professional golf whirlpool that we've got at the moment yeah it's not that complicated really uh you have the pga tour and then you have all the other tours and uh they're very set in their ways and they have a certain business model and it's built uh in a way that really incentivizes the people running it to provide playing opportunities and uh growth in purses and they get bonuses for doing that 
and uh, they have a model that uh, was really ingenious when it was created, uh, when you think about it, and has done a lot of good for charity and players. And um, and they are uh, an organization very much still believing that. The problem is the world of sports around them is totally changing. Every sport is kind of, uh, looking for ways to uh, uh, stand out, improve themselves. Uh, it's very competitive. And um, they're a stagnant organization that doesn't uh, believe it needs to do that. So that's them. Then you have the the World Golf Group that first had – it was first – Oh, gosh, what was the year? I think I first heard about it in 2017, and it was called Tour de Force. Uh, and then it was the World Golf Series. And then I revealed I, – I got a, their their deck uh, and their proposal, and I wrote about that, and it seems like forever ago. It was January 2020. Uh, I, I put that out there on the blog, which you guys know we've talked about. And that group has been quietly at work for – Many years, a group of people who are who are former uh, executives with different organizations, and at a time they had the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia as one of their investors, and then at another time they had them, but then they had a group called the Ring Group join them, who are st- still shareholders, um, but they are not involved, and they're a very influential. They call themselves a. I don't know, something global bank. Anyway, they're very interesting. They do a lot of sports deals uh, in the in the in the money world. You know, they're not a household name at all, even to to people who follow a lot of that. But to some people, you you hear their their name and they're like, oh yeah, they're good. They know what they're doing. And they've brokered some big deals and uh, the sale of, uh, for Steve Ballmer of the Clippers here, Manchester uh, United, I believe, uh, was was their their real signature one. Uh, anyway, so they they're not in it now, but the Premier Golf League group. Um, then as after I made that public in my, my thing, it turned into a whole saga. They were declared dead multiple times. And, and I think you and I were discussing before the show, Rod, they were kind of declared dead, uh, in part because of their ties to, uh, the, the, the money from the public investment fund of, of, uh, Saudi Arabia, not because of anything else. And maybe a little bit of the, the idea of the format and all that. Well, now we have a pandemic. Um, and at some point during the pandemic, uh, I think a couple of things have happened. People's, uh, it, it has accelerated many things that were trending in a certain direction. So the Saudis, uh, for whatever reason, maybe, I don't know, maybe I, I have no idea why, but their feelings were hurt or, uh, they they just, they just went their separate ways, but they then took everything that the, uh, Premier League developed uh, and for loaning them some money uh, to have an account for for a little while, they (laughs) stole it all. And Golf Saudi started pitching the same exact thing, and that confused a lot of people, understandably, called the Super Golf League. Uh, And the Premier Golf Group kind of went back quietly and retrenched. The tour worked very hard. Did a great job putting together a schedule over the the last eighteen months now uh, that um, got a six majors and a full schedule, and they were very hard at work on that and and uh, pulled off some amazing things in doing that. And now uh, that that is finally winding down, and the pandemic's accelerated all these trends, and 
I think since that first kind of was thrown out there, people's minds have changed a, a significant number anyway, that, yeah, maybe the model for pro golf is not quite right. Uh, now, whether that's because of fatigue, because they've been around for 18 months, and I mean, nobody is watching these fall events more than ever. They've never watched them, but they're really not watching. I mean, to not draw a rating in the United States, even with cable, with cord cutting, that's really hard to do. Uh, I mean, they are being beaten by like reruns in the middle of the night of shows from the nineties. And, um, which is disturbing that people are watching those too, but, uh, they're watching them. And, uh, so now you have the Saudis doing their thing. And, uh, as we know, they brought in Greg Norman, uh, a while ago to design some courses and be an ambassador. Gary player was one. And, and, and then it's morphed into this relationship where, uh, they introduced him last week. During the uh, and I should back up the during the Ryder Cup it became official. Nobody noticed it because it was Ryder Cup week that um, Golf Saudi formed this partnership with uh, the Asian Tour for the uh, the tournament that's been that's now no longer on the European Tour that's in Saudi Arabia. And then um, and then obviously we got the news last week that they had uh, formed this uh, more extensive partnership with the Asian Tour that is. Uh, essentially sets them up to have a uh, to be a be a part of the Asian tour and be able to get ranking points for any events they should have and to uh to provide a a feeder tour or a relegation tour should they get a structure of uh however many events going and allure players away and those players will still be able to in theory get world ranking points and now we're just waiting to hear if they've secured or I think they've secured commitments it's whether those players will, yeah. It's when, yeah, when, when, when it'll happen, and then, as I wrote, as you said in the um, in the uh, uh, quadrilateral, I, I wrote about uh, the Premier League has not gone away. They retrenched. They came up with a new concept, and and it's one that's been you know mocked by quite a few people, saying, uh, uh, "Well, what does the PGA Tour need them? They proposed a concept where they they end the 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 model." That is the PGA Tour. They bring some of their investors, some of their connections, uh, and they reimagine the PGA Tour model, but they save it. They save a lot of the executives and the structures and the tournaments, and the, but it's no longer under this nonprofit tax-exempt status in the United States, which other pro sports leagues also um, in recent years have left, uh, Major League Baseball and National Football League, both were uh, operating under that as well, laughably, uh, as their for-profit enterprises. The difference is that golf, the PGA Tour, actually did, through its tournaments, uh, give back significant amounts of money to yeah. charity. The NFL and the NBA, uh, excuse me, the uh, Major League Baseball didn't do much. So um, it was laughable that they were hiding under that. And they were eventually going to have to just, they were just going to be forced out of it. So, um so far, from what I've sensed, people have kind of laughed off that they have uh, offered this to the tour and the tour won't call them. But uh, I see it a little bit differently. It seems to me like, I mean, the PGA Tour loves to have meetings and they love to steal other people's ideas. Uh, excuse me. Uh, take ideas and reinvent them. And um, <laughs> They like to innovate with partners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm amazed they haven't sat down with them. I was amazed when well, this first came out that they were so hostile to the idea. I think a, 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 a more a shrewd 
I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but a more to me a more uh, uh, shrewd and comfortable in your own skin leader uh, wants to wants to keep the enemies close and and hear their ideas and and maybe find a way that it actually benefits them. And Jay Monahan's stance has been the opposite of that, and so that leaves us where we're at. And I think it's put the PGA Tour in a very i i don't I don't know if people grasp how close, yeah, how vulnerable they are and how quickly this could unravel on them if if a lot of players set aside any views about the Saudis and sign up for this and uh, they're able to put a schedule together. I, I because. And then the other thing, guys, that's just changed since uh, the, the the first reveal of the Premier League uh, is that starting up a media uh, – I, I guess our, one of the things I always heard was, well, well where, where are they going to show this? Well, here we are a year and a half later, and we, we know that it's not that hard to create an app that – that you could put on 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 various devices and stream these tournaments. You don't you don't need cable television or linear television. You do, you don't need those things anymore. So, a lot of things have changed. Definition television screens, right? <laughs> so yeah, you can just send it straight to the big, which was always the problem with the internet, wasn't it? You had to watch it on your shitty computer screen. Yeah, the French, you but take it now from you can your watch it on your sixty four inch four K yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's and a, you can it's you a can seamless. yeah so. A lot of things have changed, and but the one thing that hasn't changed is the tour is just determined to stick with its model. Uh, on this, although we maybe will talk a little bit more about green reading books later, they're, they're kind of going a totally different direction there, which is cool. But um, so that's kind of where we're at. But fiddling uh, while Rome burns, though. Yeah, is that well? That's yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I still will take fiddling that is uh, in the name of yeah, uh, skill and fiddling, at least fiddling in uh, the right direction. Yeah. In an environment, Shaq, where nobody is watching the premier golf product, professional golf product of the day, where nobody is watching, it's not rating, not registering on TV ratings, that is a truly stark thing to confront if you're the PGA Tour, isn't it? And I wonder how seriously they're taking that. It feels like not very – they clearly have always seen themselves as the alpha dog, and rightly so. They've been the alpha dog for the best part of what – well, three generations of golfers, 60 or 70 years probably, they've been top dog. Very hard to then suddenly see somebody come along and say, hey, we can out-alpha dog you with these ideas, join with us and do it. So I can, I kind of get that. But sure. you're right, in a business sense, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense in that environment not to talk to the Premier Golf League guys who are starting to look like the good guys in the whole thing, aren't they? I think so. Well, one, they're not connected to, to the Crown yeah. Prince and trying to uh, do all that. Uh, nonsense so that's a positive yeah that's a huge positive um and yeah they've 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 stayed pretty low profile they wouldn't have been known about if i hadn't written about it. i mean somebody at some point would have gotten a hold of what they were doing and and revealed it um but uh they have not uh they've never really been hostile in their approach and so yeah that is the other thing that that does make you wonder now i don't i never believed when they said oh we want to work with the tour and and, and both two both things can work at the same time i i never got that now they actually have put something together at least the the outline of which uh does uh seem to provide something that is a fresh approach the other thing that needs to be pointed out in this is since all this began Again, same thing in the uh, the acceleration department. Uh, the World Golf Championships, which which were were not great to begin with, never really quite were right. They're 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 dead. I mean, they're just dead. The match play is 
probably not going to last once Dell is done. And the HSBC, great. Well, that's a thing in China. And I mean, they're down to two. And those two, you don't sense are really in the greatest shape. So the world, Hmm. the concept of a world, a set of world events, it's, it's, it's failed. It's done. And that's gives Norman a great opportunity to say, Hey, yeah, you, you, you took it. You tried. It's, it's not working. And, um, and here we are. Uh, we're going to try and do here that. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, here I am. 20 uh, 20, almost twenty years later, and I'm, <laughs> to... I'm going to try it again. So it gives him an opening, and um, and it gives people around the world kind of a sense of wait a second, yeah, maybe maybe this is uh, oh. they do need to listen to this. In the United States, it's the opposite. It's digging in and um, and and ignoring uh, kind of the signs that are that are coming their way. Yeah, Clades, it was the compassionate thing to do, wasn't it, to take the World Golf Championships out behind the barn and shoot them? <laughs> they really weren't doing much for. Wow, well, they weren't. Golf. They weren't what they said they were. No, they weren't. That's exactly what, right. you know, they played one in Australia and they had token ones around the world. So, the Asian Tour when I played it was ten national opens. Essentially, it was the Japanese Dunlop and the Thailand Open and the Indonesian Open. Mm-hmm. So, is that what the tournaments are called, or do they create new tournaments? Do the current Asian Tour players? earn exemptions into those tournaments or does Greg bring a whole does he buy a field or does he do they put in 10 highly paid players on top of an Asian tour field or how's it all work I think that situation would be called fluid Clates Uh, but I I believe the ultimate (laughs) end goal is to have the super events let's let's just pick a number and say it's 10 or 12 say 12 because 10 might be confusing and then this this infusion of money on the Asian tour is essentially a way to uh, beef up some events, and um, I think yeah, the ultimate goal is to have those events be the play be legitimate good golf tournaments uh, that are places where and they and I assume they're going to try to move outside of Asia a little bit, uh, and those are places where you could uh, develop a, a, a an up and coming player could could move up. And a player that's struggling under the league concept, because the, the the concept of the league is to have the drama of of both a team event at the end. This is the Premier League's idea. I don't know how the Saudis are yeah. going to twist it, but it seems like the same thing. I think there are a lot of people now who have warmed to the idea of you can have a a season of tournaments and you can have this fun team element. It may not have the it may not resonate like the Ryder Cup ever and that's maybe a terrible example that they use because there aren't nationalities involved although if you got all player buy-in you could see a billionaire in in uh, Australia wanting to have a team and you can see a rich guy in Ireland wanting to have a team and and there could be that it could be tinged with uh, a nationalism that adds some fun to it uh, I think in the dream scenario of of all players being in but anyway you have that thing at the end but throughout the season still stroke play events maybe shorter um and but you do have this weekly drama in theory of players uh being picked to to represent the team this week the manager has to make the pick and those scores count to something at the season end. i don't think that'll be very interesting but what could be interesting is somebody on the team is keeps keeps finishing last and they have to and he's a famous player uh, or she, if they do this in the women's game, and she has to be sent down for a while to the whatever the Asian Tour event swing is, and 
and and and they bring somebody up who's just won two events in a row and uh, they buy their contract or whatever they do and and that adds a it just adds something during the year and some drama and some intrigue and then you know rich guys have a franchise that they can uh, get richer off of by creating value and getting tax breaks so that's the uh, that's a slightly cynical version of it but I think that's yeah. that's it. So how many players have, have bought into Greg's concept? Do you think famous players? Do you think he's got anyone signed up or? Yeah, I think there are a few. You know? It sounds like I just don't know if they've actually signed on a dotted line, but there seem to be a lot of players. I mean, I just think any player you've seen who's talked publicly who hasn't <laughs> shot it down is is in play. Uh, I don't know if Brooks Kepka is. He hasn't shot it down publicly, but I, I don't. I think he's the the, the rumblings are that he's. He's passing, but uh, everybody else, uh, and and Rory would obviously be in that league, and but I think all the John others. Rahm, he's the only. He's the other yeah, he's another one that's of interest. Rahm and Rory, the two who've said no. Yeah, yeah. So we think Adam Scott and Jason Day and Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose. Do we think they're all kind of yeah? Lee Westwood, I, I do they think Ricky of, Fowler's a possibility. I think, uh, but I think there's some younger players that uh, international players. Who they've been targeting as well. So I don't I don't want to say names, but I've heard a few names that are that are not in their forties and not <laughs> they're they're uh, they're 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 trying all sorts of uh, different people. So they will uh, and, need and, that know, to it's... succeed, won't they, Shaq? You, you can't build that tour around forty something fading stars. No. You need some of those for the yeah. recognition, but you can't build it on. They've got to have buy in from the twenties and thirties. Who've got some? Yeah, you want to have a little of everything, the, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't. I just. I think it's one of those things. It's just. It'll either. It'll either happen because a few players they get together and they all agree and face to face say, "We're doing it," and then they go, or it dies because just nobody will make that next. Will take the plunge and yeah. be the first, and yeah. and obviously Mickelson's a big it's part a, of this uh, as well. Discussion. Yeah, well, you assume he's on board. It's such a radical departure from golf as we know it, this concept, Jeff, about teams and team owners. And you can see what they're going for. It's the football thing. It's tribal. Yep. They want to create this tribalism where people pick a team as they do. And we see yep. it here in Melbourne. Clates, the whole winter is just all about AFL and what player's been dropped for this week and what player's been brought up and who are yep. the new stars. So yep. you can see what they're going for. Is it, a radi- is it too radical a departure to fly or is it a not radical enough departure to fly? I mean, it's, the idea is interesting, but there's no guarantee it might work for what looks to be an right. extraordinary amount of money being invested in trying to make it work. Just it, is it a possibility to work if they sign the players and do all that sort of stuff? What do you reckon? What's your gut feeling about this league idea? Amir Clates. But both. Start with you, Clates. What do you reckon? Well, I, Jeff, I think that just the week-to-week American stuff, people want to see golf around the world a bit. You know, I mean, golf's a bigger, it's a, it's a bigger game. It's a big game now in Asia. And I think, you know, the concept of just watching the best players in the world on TV every week in America doing the same thing over and over, as, as Jeff said, we're tired of that. So I think, you know, moving golf around the world and bringing the players around, a bit like the Formula One yeah, car racing. I think it, that's it, the real model, take, yeah. That's the model, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, I th- you know, I've said this before, but that was a chance Greg and Seve and that generation had 40 years ago to create a great tour outside of America. If that all got together and said, let's play a great world tour outside of America, that, that they could have made that happen. And for whatever reason, they didn't. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their fault, really. But that was the time to, 
to break from the US tour and because there were so many great up and coming world players, Nick Price, well, yeah, there were there were was he there, there were okay, yeah. twenty or thirty stars who could have created something in op- not in not in opposition to the tour, but an alternate tour. They were all playing in Europe. And they and they could have taken Europe, South Africa, Australia, Asia, and created a great tour outside of America if they'd all committed to it, which would have essentially been the difference between the Formula One circuit and NASCAR or whatever yeah. car racing they have in America. And the Formula One idea is incredibly successful because it, the best drivers and the best cars in the world go around, to, you know, starting in Australia and they go all around the world and it's got a huge fan base. Shaq, what do you reckon? Yeah, I guess my, my struggle is I, I don't, yeah, I get I get everything. I like a lot of it, uh, and maybe they're they're being careful because their idea. Uh, and I'm speaking of the the Premier League people who thought of this, not the the Saudis, uh, is that to have had more than just a season-ending team event would be that would be the part where it's too radical. But ultimately, to me, this gets more interesting if there is a little bit more of the team match play on the calendar. That it's that 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 the um, the stroke play every week and then just having the match play at the end is is uh, going to be exciting enough. I think you need to have a mid season tournament or something that because we we we're seeing that it, people are more open to the idea of, of team match play and love it. And uh, even if this isn't as compelling as those team events, and it probably never will be because of the lack of of uh, history and the nationalities, it'll still be more interesting than a lot of the stroke plays. So they may have been thinking of the players and, and saying, well, we'll ease that into it. And then over time, you may shed a few stroke play events and have a couple more team events through the year, or maybe, or maybe just a mid season one. Um, that because people are just enjoying match play and team events more. And uh, I also just don't know if the teams are big enough. I don't know if four player teams, is quite there. I feel like they still need to get to five, but the money, I think to get the money where they want it, they have to stick with four. So those issues are, but, but, but to your point, yes, it's, it's a, it's a radical, it may be too radical um, combined with the 54 holes and the, and the shotgun starts and those kinds of things. But I, I just look at other sports and how stagnant golf is and, and, um, determine that it what it has is so great and it's it's there's almost an arrogance to that that's going to turn people off um and and nobody wants to see a, I mean because we still it, n- none of this harms the majors it builds around the majors and the majors are going to be great mm-hmm. and big maybe even bigger because of this because they'll stand out but i just look at what every other sport is doing and the searching and the uh, and and trying to think what what can we do to stand out and and for golf to just sit here and think yeah what we do is just so great the, the arrogance of it is 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 off putting really it's just uh, and and I'm a traditionalist I love a lot of the the old traditions of tournament golf and the PGA Tour and the West Coast Swing but you just can't be um, so ignorant of what's going on in the world of sports it's 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 um, and in a lot of ways, it's making sports better. Not all, but in a lot, it's making it mm. bigger and better. And, and uh, the I, complication I for golf, Shaq, and we've talked about this on here. The complication for golf as a and the fan base and the watching base for professional golf is the participation element. By far, the highest participation 
amongst any sports fans would have to be golf. Nowhere right. near as many people who watch NFL play NFL or oh, even perhaps have or bowling or tennis. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that, which does make it somewhat unique. So the question, Clates, we've talked about this on the show many times, this notion of the disconnect between professional golf and week-to-week golf that people play, which is where the fans come from, the disconnect between the game they play because of what the equipment allows, this is the ultimate disconnect, is it not, if we go down this road? Nobody in recreational golf plays in a league series with promotion, relegation, or there's no reason why they couldn't, I suppose, but... That would be the complete disconnection of professional golf from week-to-week golf, would it not, going down this path? And is that a good idea? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the golf club I play at every Saturday, most members couldn't care less about professional golf. True. They just play golf and, you know, if the majors are on, they're sort of interested. But but equally, Clates, everybody who is interested in professional golf plays golf. There's almost nobody who's got an yeah. interest in the game who doesn't play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I take that broader point, but that the, what about that disconnect, Jeff? Is the is disconnecting professional golf from recreational golf? Are there any dangers that, or, or are we already past that point? People realise that it's a completely different game. Yeah, I think we're past that point, and it's they've just decided it's going to be. Um, yeah, I think that's why the the tour has been so interested in in Top Golf because they they just want to create viewers yeah if you've played a, if you've tried it a little bit you're going to be in you're going to be a, it's be a little more relatable in some way um so yeah i i i think that connection's gone and i don't know if um but there are still ways that the, there is a connection that are that are sort of perverting the rest of the game and i think we can discuss that on the green books too that's one of the components of that but um it's a complicated question because I I've always believed people like the relate relatability thing, mm. um, but now that it's gone, it, you don't feel like I mean it's made that big of a difference. Uh, I think the bigger issue for the connection or the interest level between a recreational golfer and the pro golfer is it's just they just there's just so much of it they can't. They it's not that they've disconnected. They just there's just only so many weeks anybody can pay attention to it all. So, Jeff, what would happen if the tour, the PGA Tour, finished after the playoffs in September and there were no tournaments on the PGA Tour, all these tournaments that no one's watching, they just disappeared and players were free to go around the world and play. So the Australian Tour could, re- could resurrect itself or the Asian Tour or there were four months where golf happened around the world and the players were free agents to go and people could create events outside of America where people in different parts of the world had an, had an interest and an investment in those tournaments. Because the Australian Tour was terrific until the wraparound season came. It was, yeah. But all of the best Australian players, Lucas Herbert and Cam Davis and Cameron Smith, they all want to get off to a good start for next season. So they're all playing these tournaments now just to make sure they've got their money up before they dive into January, knowing they've only got eight months to make their money to keep their card or whatever. And at some point they're all going to lose their card you know, that's a fear in the back of everyone's mind at the start of every season. Not Well, not Adam Scott probably, but, you know, Cameron Smith could lose his card in two years and what happened to him? Oh, well, you know, he didn't putt as well and he lost his wedge game a little bit. And Look no further than Jason Day, Clates. Yeah. <laughs> it was only you know, five years so, ago he was at the top uh, of the world rankings. So it's come and go. So is the union aspect of the PGA Tour not compatible with saying after the playoffs in September, that's it? You can all go off and play around the world if you want, or you can have four months off because no one's watching these tournaments anyway and no one cares about them. 
I think the problem is the structure of the tour that the people who run it are incentivized to create plane opportunities and purse growth. Yeah. So they want to control as much of the calendar as they can. They're not they're not sitting back thinking what's best for the fan, the players, <laughs> mental a, health, yeah. uh, the <laughs> big picture, you know, where do we give people where do we make people miss us for a while or where do we let the rest of the world have its moment? Uh, they just don't think that way. They just think in in what can we do to grow so that we can buy our, our second home on Sea Island that we've wanted. Um, and so until the players incentivize them to, to think, uh, a little bit more big picture, they're not, they could care less. So I think the idea is they're now going to get rid of the, uh, restart of the year, two weeks after the end of the year. And, and uh, I mean, we're just hearing rumblings that the FedEx cup points won't happen anymore in the fall and that the European tour is going to be able to have its moment, but they will be co-sanctioned. Something's going on. They've developed there. A lot of the players seem to know, um, what it is, but, but I don't think it's, it's set in stone. They're working on that. And so it's, it's positive in the sense that it's not what it, what they have now, which is just simply a, an utter failure. It was going to be a failure. You knew it was going to be a failure. Uh, even when they got the master's invitations, but it was just, it's just not going to work in the United States this time of year. There's too much on and it was, and so they're now trying to retool that and we'll see where that goes. So are people not watching because there's football to watch or whatever else there is to watch or they're not watching because they just don't perceive it as being very interesting or both? I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. And and then just that we've had just so much. And and then other sports are back with crowds and and uh, I mean we've got baseball going on. The NBA starts earlier, two weeks, three weeks earlier than it used to. Um, and then there's just the change in viewing habits now, where people are so used to watching something when they sit down and want to watch it with Netflix and different things like that. So that adds mm-hmm. another component. And then you have younger viewers doing less just television watching they, they again they're on youtube streaming different things so it's a combination of things but ma- mainly right now it's just there's so much in sports it's great to watch the nfl until the last 10 12 days or so has just had a phenomenal year suddenly we've had some injuries and horrible things and sleazy coaches and and you know the usual scandal stuff but it's been a great year for them amazing games and so that's been bad, and then and baseball was really good in the playoffs. So yeah, it's it's, and then it's like go away, golf. You had your moment. You had six yeah. majors in eighteen months. Like bug off. It's just, I mean, I I, I love watching this stuff, and, and I have not watched any of the fall events. And it's been great. It's been great to just ignore it. <laughs> it's refreshing, yeah. I, and I guarantee, you, like come January, I'll be I'll be excited to watch uh, the tour again. To, but that's, that's because exactly I did a self imposed uh, off season, yes. yeah, and. I mean, I follow on Twitter. I see what things are happening, but I don't. Of course, you do. Yeah. You have to. It's your job. Uh, you yeah, can't. But you I can't don't sit off. down but and two things, have Jeff. It on and ugh, it's just dreadful. No, no, no. Mm. Two things, Jeff. Just quickly, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. The Masters' invitations, as you said, the the fall series, it didn't save them. In fact, that bizarre situation in Bermuda where they couldn't fill the field. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No. no. They came five players field. short. Ultimately, did they not? That's What's right, that? and uh, that was the most bizarre situation. And I wonder how long well, the Masters is going to be happy enough to give out invitations for events where that sort of thing might happen. But I, I mean, I just you know, uh, this is where where Jay Monahan is just a complete failure as a commissioner because you you have to 
Uh, I mean, we, 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 make jokes that sometimes these guys are pampered and, and this and that, and they, but you just have to be smart and say, our, our, our players need an off season. They need a break. Yeah. Uh, to, to, we, we ask a lot of them. Uh, the days are longer than ever. The greens are faster than ever. They're swinging harder than ever. Uh, you know, these things are just not sustainable. Uh, the things you want, you think are making the game better, aren't. And, and by the way, the side effects are going to catch up to you over, over the long haul. And that, that, that he doesn't recognize that. And, and it's all this just greedy grab for their stupid bonuses. Is it's pathetic. It's just pathetic. I mean, he, to me, he should, he should, you know, the, the, it's not his fault. The job is structured that way. But at some point, you have to just say, I, yeah, I, for, forget our, our needs. We have to think about our, our product and our players. And we have to look at the turnover rate and the injury rate. And, and, and they just don't have any introspection like that. Hmm. So that's why. And I think it's another reason these disruptive forces. Have a chance because more and more players are recognizing it. More and more agents, some agents, not all. Some some are really smart about how they they map out a season for the player and work with them. Some of them are just awful and not. So, but the smart ones uh, have to be saying, "You just have to. You just have to tell Jay you're not playing there this week. <laughs> you're you're taking two mm. weeks off." I mean, look at John Rom. I mean, the guy has played a ton, and he just flat out said, "I'm yeah." I, of course, well, I think his thing was, "I'm not going to touch a club for like yeah. a few weeks," which was, which yeah. was, and that's only uh, he's just going to be dragged into the BMW or the uh, race to Dubai stuff, and, and he doesn't want to, and he needs to shut down and uh, get rejuvenated, and that's what you want. That's what every other sport does. So hmm. anyway, it's. Um, Second part of that, Shaq, this notion of the European Tour having its moment in the sun where these fall series events, would that still be in America? You're talking about no, I think, that, I think the idea... Those we go offshore for that, yeah. I think so, yeah, I think so. I mean, they'll try to save some of these fall events, uh, and they've re-signed them, but uh, who knows? They could easily be moved. You know, Las Vegas, if a tournament goes away, it could be moved to a different time of year. I don't know how they're going to deal with those, the American portion of that, of that fall, but... Um, or maybe they're just going to kill them off by taking away their full FedEx Cup points, which will take away their Masters invite, and they'll kill them. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they're planning to do that. They don't uh, hmm. share that information with uh, many people, but uh, we'll see. But no, the idea is to this will be the time for the international, the Asian Swing, and the European Tour to to kind of have their moment. Um, so we'll see if we'll see what the details. We should are celebrate when, that when they. Uh, yeah, we should no, celebrate that. Yeah. Um. So we'll see Especially it. us down here, Clates. Yeah. And, I mean, the LPGA's got the – that's the real world tour. I mean, the pandemic's killed off those Asian events the last two years. But, I mean, they were playing almost as many tournaments outside of the United States as they were inside a few years ago, if you included I mean, Canada and Hawaii, I guess you – but, well, outside of the mainland of the United States. They almost had as many tournaments off the mainland as they did inside it. So that's really the you know, that was a that's a great model for a world tour. Well, and I'm Where a little surprised. Whole brave new world, yeah. Sorry, Sean. I've, I've well, no, just in thinking about this whole thing, what, why one of these entities didn't say, you know what, uh, uh, the 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 men in golf need they generally don't do anything original. They they generally just kind of lift ideas and um, they're 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 pretty cocky and arrogant. Why don't we start with the women? 
for women less money uh we could we could start this concept with the women um we're more internationally focused anyway and 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 go after the LPGA tour and i guess it's uh, you know the it would be the well the, the the return isn't that great and these people are thinking of that but it seems to me like the women would would be better to try and 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 implement this uh this concept of the league and and the uh, and the schedule and the events and everything about it uh, than the men and I'm 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 a little surprised uh, especially right now as, as the women are really got some some yeah. very uh, they've got a great you know it's 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 shifted a little bit it's not all uh, Korea which is would be the the money guys uh, approach to this ah you know now it's they've got a little more variety on there they've got a lot more variety frankly when you look at their uh, their top players and and the depth and it just seems to me like that would be the place to start this concept with. So on that, Shaq, two things that one I've been wondering about. There's huge sums of money being sprouted about in a post Tiger Golf world. Is there a return on investment to be made for the sums of money people are talking about spending no. to try and? And you've got to spend more when you disrupt. So where's the return on investment? And you're absolutely right. I think about the LPGA. While the initial cost would be less. If you wanted to buy the LPGA lock, stock, and barrel for them, the return on investment as a percentage of what you put right. in would surely be much higher than what yep. you're going to get from men's golf. Greater upside for sure. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and le- yeah, it seems like it's less risk in a way because if it doesn't work, uh, <laughs> you haven't thrown out these dollar figures that, and put them in accounts that they're talking about. So the Saudis don't care because this is more about tourism and sport washing and all that stuff. Uh, the Premier League group had a little more of a, I think, a focus on the long term and and obviously the returns for those who who have franchises. That's where the 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 lucrative element was for certain people. And I I don't understand, and I need to spend some time. There's a there's a great story on this explaining the benefits of pro sports ownership and what these people are doing. It's all beyond my pay grade, but there is a mm. there is <laughs> a reason that they are buying teams and putting money into them they can justify it even yes. if it to us it looks like they're just losing money um yeah i mean like my team here the dodgers they they uh they they we have great attendance and they make a lot of money but they still don't make enough to justify some of the things they they they've invested in but there are ways for them to benefit uh and the franchise value and all these different things that uh I, again it's way beyond my pay grade what what that valuation of the franchise means for their tax uh, benefits and and uh, other stuff. Yeah, I think there is a women's element to the original PGL idea, isn't it? Andy Gardner and his lot. There is a Willem- oh, women's element. Oh, yeah, no, they have it. They have it, but it's not yeah. the place they were starting. And uh, No, that's seems exactly right, yeah. Like a great place would to we forgive? To would we forgive women's golf for teaming up with Saudi Arabia? Uh, well, they're we women playing in the Aramco. We'd be... In the Aramco yeah. series now, which forgive me for not knowing the full lineage of Aramco, but I do believe it's um, uh, oh, well, it's look- percent uh, Saudi operation, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there, uh, I think Meg McLaren has dealt with this a little bit, uh, some conflicted issues, feelings about it, and uh, so no, and then they're going to have the event at I think at Royal Greens, uh, Jessica. It's this week, yeah. Was it? Uh, is that this week? I think is it's it, this week. Is it, 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 it was or Nelly? One, one, of them, 
one of them committed to it, right? Jessica, I think. Yeah. Anna Nordquist is playing, I yeah. think, yeah. where he's got to deal with the Saudis. Yeah. Minji. Yeah. Georgia Hall's playing. So then, yeah. so they've got they've got no shorts and no bare shoulders and no um. Because yeah, Minji was complaining, but we're not complaining about it. She said it's like playing in a sauna. You, you can't have any skin exposed, so you've got to wear long pants. Right. You've got to have, you've got to be covered up. You can't wear what you would normally wear playing in yeah. Florida in the heat. Yeah. I was just talking about yeah. how uncomfortable that was. Well, Rod, well, yeah, they can go to restaurants. They can go in the restaurants now. They That's can exactly go to restaurants. Right. We haven't touched on Greg Norman's role in all of this, and my goodness, I've just been yeah, looking I at how long you. we've I already want to hear been the at Australians. it. Please tell me, tell me what's the oh. what's the reaction to all things Greggy Clates. Clates, you start. Uh, temporary are, of yours. I think people are so over Greg in Australia, aren't they? He's just, he hasn't lived here for 25 years. They're just kind of, oh, Greg, he was that old guy who blew all those majors. And he's a big-ish name here, but he hasn't been here forever and people don't really care anymore, would be my take. I mean, and, Certainly and, locally, I agree, yeah. 100%. And, he's, and he's not bringing any torments here. I mean, Greg, where, where are the Australian, where's the Australian part of this? You know, if you were that committed to... Golf in, in Asia, then how about? And I think he did say the other day, you know, I'd love to bring some Thomas to Australia, but that's going to require someone to invest. You know, it's the old model again. Where, where's the seven million dollars coming from to have a tournament here? You know, you can it's, you can dig that up in Asia somewhere because someone will want to fund that. But in Australia, it's not a model. And it's a sad legacy, isn't it, Clay? But in Australia, he's viewed as a little bit of a fool. I think, uh, and certainly his behaviour on social media over the last few years hasn't helped that cause. Um, yeah, people just kind of, he's that guy that takes his clothes off in the shower and puts that's his right. top, you know, yeah, well, yeah. well, he was actually a great player and he was amazing. He's a great he was incredible player. for the two. I mean, he came and played here a lot and, you know, golf was flying when Greg was playing. It was incredible, really. Helped by him and the way he went about it. I mean, he was always great for a headline. He was... Oh, yeah. Uh, he, that's what I mean by that, the sort of correlations with Lucas Herbert. You know, everything that sort of Adam Scott isn't, which is not a criticism about Adam. Adam's fantastic and a great ambassador. Yeah, but his but personality. Greg Norman made golf interest. That's exactly right. Yeah. You didn't have to be interested in golf to see Greg Norman on the back page of the paper saying something stupid if that's how you wanted to look at it because yeah. he would always sort of help you out with that. So and it was, was interesting. Talking to, we were talking about the, the Sandbelt tournament yesterday with Jeff's manager here, and he said, Jeff... I mean, I've seen Jeff get on aeroplanes in Australia, go to shopping centres, sit in restaurants, and no one knows who he is. Who he is. Yeah. I mean, it was, and that's how he wants it. He wants to be, he wants to kind of, you know, people would know who Adam Scott was in Australia, but no one knows, and, that, and that's how Jeff wants it. Whereas Greg could not go anywhere. I mean, everyone knew who Greg was, and his life was a, it was a circus, really. It was a, pheno- it was a phenomenon, but, you know, it's um, And he misses it. He clearly misses it. So, yeah, what's his motive? Well, what's his motivation for I mean, for taking this on? I mean, it's a it's a bit of a it, risky venture for a bloke who's. Can, can it possibly be only to build golf courses in Saudi Arabia? I mean, he, he might get two or three design jobs out of it, but big deal. He's done a two hundred courses. What's three more really? At sixty four years you know, old, it, what is the motivation? Is it revenge for Fincham killing off his idea of the world tour, which? Wasn't really. It was Peter Thompson's idea before. It was Greg Norman's idea. The World Tour, and there wasn't Kerry Packer. Proper World Tour, Yeah. Well, Packer. No, uh, Murdoch. It was Murdoch. It was Murdoch. It was going to be the television part. Yeah. 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 So, so Greg's talking about Kerry Packer's disruption of cricket. How that was great for cricket, and it was great for cricket because, Mm. unlike golf, the 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 biggest, you know, Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh, Graham's brother, and Ian Chappell, Jeff were the three biggest cricket stars in Australia in the 70s. And they'd fill a 100,000-person stadium at, at, at the MCG on Boxing Day and literally get paid $2,500 for the week. They had jobs, didn't they? They had to go, they had they had to go work. work the they worked week. in banks. And, yeah. you know, and 
Packer blew that model up because it was a horrendous model. It was controlled by the cricket board, the government TV channel telecast, there was no money in it, and Packer blew the model up, which is completely different from yeah, golf the is, golf model yeah. where golf is awash with money. Cricket, there was no money in cricket. You know, it was like Tiger Woods turning up and getting paid $1,000 to play the US Masters. It was So, so you know, the analogy he's drawing with Kerry Packer is not he's, relevant at all. And in fairness, if we're going to criticise Norman, which we, we obviously will, he's aligning himself with Seve's legacy in this interview he did last yeah. week. Yeah. Fairly loosely, I would suggest this notion that he and Seve altruistically went out and grew golf around the world as some kind of a team notion. So, well, I'm not sure about that, Greg. You both got paid very well, and I doubt you were working together in yeah. concert on that as, as well, anything aside from where you're playing. And, and it was before play. they really had cards on the PGA too. I mean, yeah. Seve, I guess, won the Masters. When the, well, the Open wasn't an exemption. When, so, so Seve wasn't probably one A, one Greens, but in 1978. So Seve had, had some sort of exemption in America, but didn't want to play 15 tournaments. And I mean, it was when, they, when the European Tour finished at the World Match Play in October, and there was nowhere for them to play for four months. That was when they went out and played around the world. We're going to come to the green reading book shortly, Jeff, because I know you've got some things you want to talk about. But the last thing I wanted to ask you about, this: the Saudis seem to have been very clever in, A, naming Norman as the commissioner of this tour. They've essentially bought the Asian tour. That's what they've, they've done, the Saudis, and yeah. made Norman the commissioner. He's the perfect sacrificial lamb for them. He's a big, famous name in the game, but he's in an unusual position. But linking up as the Asian tour of the world ranking points and all those other concerns that the players might have had before signing on previously, missing out on majors, etc. Is that your phone? You better grab that. I think Jeff's got a delay. It's probably Norman ringing up to complain about us bitching about him. Sorry. Was that a landline, Jeff? Uh, it is a landline. <laughs> do you have a landline in your house, I do. Jeff? I do. This is a uh, revelation that... <laughs> I mean, and it's been ringing off the hook lately with all these horrible uh, telemarketers. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. catch the end of your question while I was disconnecting. That's okay. So, going via the Asian Tour as a vehicle, oh, yes, which yes. is a member of the Federation of International Tours, that's an extremely clever move on behalf of the Saudis and shows that somebody within the organization understands the politics and the workings of golf at that level, does it not? And should that give us pause for thought about how serious they are about this? Well, you probably remember from all of our discussions about the Premier Golf League back when that first was revealed and then we heard they were talking to the European Tour. I always thought that was a great idea because – they would get mm. all those those little things that the Saudis have now gotten with the Asian Tour for much less uh, money, and they would have the, the world ranking points and the legitimacy and solving the question of where do where is there a tournament structure that that allows people to develop or allows people to go when their game goes in the toilet, as we know can happen in golf. Uh, so yeah, it 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 was a double whammy, and frankly, they got it cheap. It looks like to me for given the amount of money they have i mean 20 200 million over 10 years uh 10 years <laughs> that's a steal uh that's nothing and yeah. uh now i mean i'm sure there's going to be uh, there's some stuff about appearance yeah, 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 yeah 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 so but seems like a good deal to me and uh, uh and then in a market uh, that that will be integral to this whole thing so the uh the balls in the court of the five families to figure out a way to, and I don't know how they could do that. I mean, like I wrote it, you guys read my piece, but some of those tours I'd never heard of that are considered 
world ranking eligible tours. I mean, geez, I think you should be getting points at the Sandbelt Invitational at the Nordic Golf League and the Amalfa. <laughs> yeah. What I've never heard of some of these things, and I was so impressed that those tours got some status if they had enough players. But yeah, I think the Sandbelt could be could have enough. If you got Lucas Herbert, you might get a few people. I mean, you can't be the field's not going to be much course. worse than the Bermuda Championship. So. <laughs> these things are the tournament director needs to be across these things. Yeah, like. This is your well, job. You should. You need to know how this stuff from, works and be. We're keeping yeah, him from those duties, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Tournament director, that's indeed. Let's move on to the green room. It's going to be fascinating to watch that unfold, Jeff. How, how long do you think before we've got some clarity about how the I think it's going to be very soon. World might look. I think. This, I, think I think they're moving. Thing, I think they've had enough, and they. I mean, they want to have a tournament next spring. They're laying out a schedule and and trying to lock up. Trump venues and other venues. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, like I I mean, if you, if you throw in Rupert Murdoch and then Trump courses and it's be quite the, uh, I guess it'd be the superfecta with Norman and, and all that, but that's just, um, so we'll see. That seems awfully soon to me. I think that's going to be tough, but who knows, maybe who knows how far along they are with that kind of stuff. And we'll see. Money, money, but I guess that, you know at some point someone's got to put up or shut up with these these ideas, don't they? I mean, yeah, floating yeah. around for you know, I mean, someone put a golf tournament, buy some players, put a tournament on. Let, let's yeah. see, what let's see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I think another episode at some point about what the PGL is proposing for the PGA Tour, Jeff. That's almost more interesting in a whole bunch of less high profile ways. Talking about linking up with the PGA Tour and you know being a part of the thing, I think that's yeah, really it's more of a business story, but it's an interesting one um, because it's a really potentially interesting one. And it, they've it made a close study of only avenue. Yeah, I, I think so. But it's amazing how many people just go, "What does the tour need them for?" Well, haven't you been watching the last yeah, uh, ten right. years? There's a total brain drain. There's a total. I mean, the the green reading book topic is a a great example of one where it should never have gotten to this. Um, and this is a small golf-related, how the product looks kind of thing. So if they were blind to this and ignorant of this, and, and basically it took Rory McIlroy and a few other players to take charge and get this done, uh, then what does that say about their ability to anticipate uh, people who know <laughs> things about money and 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 all that stuff that that, that are that are just on another level than anybody at the headquarters at Ponte Vedra who are looking at, and that's the thing that people just keep underestimating is that you have the other, you, you, you know, cause Rod, you point out how many, you know, the connection between the, the, the game, the people, the, the number of people who play it and the number of people who, um, uh, may be involved as viewers who aren't golfers and, and golf is different than any other sport that way. It's also different than any other sport in that more, immensely successful individuals in this on this planet play golf and then partake in probably any other other recreational yeah. pursuit. And so what do they do? They sit around, all they do is think about they love to I mean in my limited dealings with these kinds of people, they love to look at something and figure out how could I most of them. How could I make that better? How could I make more money from that? Better. Some people look at these things and how can I destroy it and profit? Um, and there's a whole sector, unfortunately, of our financial industry that, that that's what those people do. But there are a whole bunch of others who love the sport, worship these golfers because they stink at the game and they watch these guys and they admire them. And then they look at the business of it. And right now we have more of those people looking at this 
and who know so much about how to deal with different you know governments and and uh, different elements of making money and i think the tour is just incredibly naive to the to the wisdom of that group of people and they've pissed off a lot of those people that's they've, another element they've annoyed a lot of them. that's exactly right i know enough stories to know yeah. they've made a few of them mad and when you make them mad then they really want to go there's got to be a better way to do this and then they call this yeah. another one or they talk to some people so i think i think that element has got to be uh considered in this too that uh and it's and 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 you know sometimes for these for, for people of that level this wouldn't be one that make that that makes them rich that much richer it's it's more the fun of of figuring out how to do it a better way. There are those. Well, they're golfers, too. Jeff. Yeah, and they're, they're golfers, golfers and it's like, wow, well, hey, and if I get about the golf, that, yeah, and I get to be a part right. of something I love, and, uh, right. and reinvent it a little bit, and that's that that's very enticing. Hmm. There are a lot of yeah. rich people right now who love the game, who I bet are sitting around thinking about this and and reading some of these things. I mean, some of them su- subscribe to my newsletter, I know, and I'm sure they're reading this, going, hmm, what would I do if I were those guys and see the flaws in their case or see the, see the positives and see the positive. And Jay Monahan's not one of those people who uh, comes from that, that, that kind of wealth and that kind of world and that kind of thinking. So he's a marketing, these are marketing people. They're, they think about how to spin yeah. things, not the actual structure of, of, and, and, and how to make it work. And, 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 you know, uh, Clayton, you know, being around the game, that those the golfers will listen to those guys if they start, be- and they already have. I'm sure they already have been bending their ears uh, about yeah. what they what they would do. And sitting around at the 19th hole at uh, wherever Whisper <laughs> Rock or at uh, you know National Golf Links or wherever it is, or or, or, at, the, or at the Dunhill Links, or the Dunhill, where exactly. Johan Ru- yeah, where Johan Rupert, I'm sure, is up there. Yeah, or the Pebble Could Beach Pro Am. Could actually buy the tour should he, should he want to. That's right. Just buy the whole tour outright and do it. Yeah, he yeah. I mean, you're right. Should he those, decide. Are, those are different links, yep. too. I'm not for, proud of this, Jeff. Yeah. I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to admit it. I sometimes Uh-oh. wonder whether the PGA Tour might have been better to remain in the hands of Tim Fincham. Oh, I, How I, I wonder it all the time. with all of this? Yeah. yeah. He was a much more shrewd operator and – uh, even though he could be totally weird and, and came up with some horrible ideas and did some horrible things, you know, taking Casey Martin to, all the way to the Supreme Court and that kind of just awful stuff. Uh, but he's exactly the kind of person who who could, uh, and now he's a member of Augusta, but sit at a table with a, with a group of those monster egos and monster money guys um, and, and, and manage that situation more, I think. I mean, some of them, didn't like him either. Quite a few didn't, um, but maybe for the for different reasons because he was a little tougher, a little bit uh, more mm. clever, a little more willing to tap uh, intelligent people's perspective. And I I'm, I don't know. I'm not seeing that now as much uh, w- with the tour. So I think you're right. Yeah, seems to be a lot of low-hanging fruit. Let's move to the green reading books. Now, I've missed a lot of this. I've seen the headlines. Something's happened with green reading books They're from January 2022. We're not going to see what we've been seeing the last few years on the greens. What has happened, Jeff? Is it a good thing? Uh, have they gone far enough? And why are people jumping up and down saying, well, what are we going to ban next, caddies and yardage books? Yeah, thankfully, I've ignored uh, most of that, the, the whining, because I've, <laughs> I've, I've either blocked those people or, I mean, you know, the green reading book uh, – cartel that uh, you know the, the, there's a few people who make money i got an email them. from them oh yeah i got an yeah, email I, from you got them. that press release 
from yeah, and that yeah. guy. Uh, I got a press release from a quote who I blocked him long ago. Uh, it's it's quite a it, it it's just a dreadful thing. I mean, when you know what college golf programs are paying for these stupid books every year, it's despicable. So uh, we we learned during the U.S. Open. I think Eamon Lynch had the exclusive that the tour was c- considering this, and it was a shocker because the USGA and the RNA basically caved on just getting rid of them entirely because it was complicated and tricky so they made the size of the book smaller and that's how we got guys looking at the book you know three inches from their face which made things look i mean in hindsight look worse (laughs) it did the making it look worse may have um led to this so essentially what we got they're going to vote on it on the eighth is the tour is ending uh the ability of players to use any kind of device to measure the surface of the greens and to look at a book that has created a drawing or a, a rendering based on something used to to measure every little contour. Um, they will have a book that has some lines and they will have abilities to put some notes in, but they're not going to be allowed to bring uh, import or use old books. And the idea is, uh, obviously, well, there's several parts to this, but the main one is the immediate end to people reading greens via the book, slowing down play. And and the thing that all these, the, 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 the point missers keep missing because they're point missers, is that I assume this really started from the point of view that how awful it looks from a from an entertainment product perspective. For, mm. I mean, you, we all know the skill part of reading greens and the beauty of that uh, and the artistry of how, or of having a great caddy, you know, um, that's all stuff that got lost. Um, but it's just, it just looks so awful when on, on television, you have millions of people watching and you're watching a guy stare at a piece of paper. The, the analogy I'm going to use in the write-up is would you, I mean, would you go watch a play where, 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 where some of the actors just, just read from the page. You know, it takes you out of the storytelling. <laughs> and what we saw nice with this, analogy. I mean, nice. when they're on the green, I mean, there's something about in the fairway when they're getting a yardage, it's, it's just different. Everybody has different ways of doing it. Sometimes it's just the caddy and mostly it's the caddy. Uh, but on the greens, it's the player, and it's and the cameras on them, and, and and in person, it's just so awful watching some guy stand there. I mean, Tiger, when he used them for a while, he would he would sit down in like the catcher's position in baseball and put it between his legs like a little like he didn't want anybody to see. He was ashamed. And Jordan Spieth does that. <laughs> the Jordan Spieth does that too, or he looks at it on the way up to the green. Uh, he he tries to be more discreet, but that alone told you right there they knew it was a crappy look, and it was a sort of a form of cheating but then you get these people who go well i don't know i don't get who cares it doesn't make them any better well that's even the better argument for getting rid of them if, if yeah. the player's not any better using the book then it just is a simply bad look and so i think it's a combination of things but the other element sorry to keep going so long on this but that we're going to find out as the details come out is there and this is where i'm curious what you guys i'm really confused on this is this is really going to extend into practice rounds. So they don't want players using levels. They don't want them doing all these different things they do now and, and putting you know launch monitors down or whatever the putting device. I'm drawing a blank on the name. But um, they just don't want all this crap on the greens. They don't, and, and so practice rounds have become nine-hole rounds. Guys play less practice. They come in on Tuesday night, 
and they play the pro-am and I think they're just trying to get rid of all that and get back a little bit to, Hey, local knowledge matters. Uh, doing your homework matters. Uh, your f- touch, your feel, your eyes, you know, all the things we've been hoping to see get back. They're trying to do it on the greens. The problem is I don't understand how T to fringe, you're going to still be in a practice round, able to use, you know, have your launch monitor in the fairway, have your, uh, uh, range finder with the, uh, the part on that lets you get the actual yardage. Um, all those things. There's a, there's a, there's an inconsistency there that I think will, 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 they're going to have to resolve. Right. It seems a little weird. Ban, ban all that as well. Yeah. Ban all that well, as well. It's going to be tough. Answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Clay, you're a player. What do you make of all of, I mean, the, the practice round in professional golf has become, as Jeff points out, a circus, has it not? Was it like yeah. that when you played the tour? No, torturous. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the, the multi-hour, five-hour practice round and the three hours were nine holes. And I mean, we had to play quickly because, you know, you flew in from London to Germany at, you got there at one o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. And if you want to practice round, you had to play quickly. You had, you had to get it in before dark and, but I mean, who wants to be, yeah, the torturously long, pra- everyone hated long practice rounds. They were, ter- they were horrendous things. But the, yeah, the green reading book is, you know, it's just another example of dumbing down people's skills. We've got, uh, there are a thousand examples in our lives of things that have dumbed down our skills. You know, we can't read it. We can't find the, a, a house 20 miles away by turning left at the McDonald's and going right at the third roundabout because our phone tells us how to get there, which is a good thing because it stops us arguing with our wives in the car. <laughs> But does it really, or do you just argue yeah. about something different? Something else. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, but it's just a, you know, it's just a dumbing down of a human skill to look at a piece of ground and judge which way it's tipping and how the ball's going to break on it. I'll read it in a book. I mean, it's ridiculous. And and, it, and it's one of those. I mean, golf golf's drowned a few things at birth, like croquet putting and you know the the, the ping groove thing and and. Green's books, I feel, you know, they haven't been out there that long that it doesn't classify as not being drowned at birth. But they should have, you know, the long putter, which they let go too long, the big-headed drivers, you know, there have been lots of things that should have been killed off years ago that weren't. And this is something that needs to be killed off at, in its formative year, years. Otherwise, it'll just permeate through the whole game. And 20 markers will start having Already green has. books in it. It's just a, it's, it's a train wreck. Yeah, you've you've right. seen the twenty marker pulling out the rangefinder from thirty yards. Clay. I have. We've all I have seen exactly. That. I've seen that at Royal Melbourne. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. Twenty yards off the front of the green with a rangefinder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And and the golf club still has a leading edge, my friend. So your rangefinder is not going to do much for yeah. you because that's very hard to control. Um, but what yeah, about I'm, launch monitors and all the other paraphernalia during practice rounds of professional golf? Well, how would the players feel? I suppose they'd be divided. I mean, as you say, Jordan Spieth and Tiger always felt the the stain of using the green reading books and what it did. What do you reckon about the players, Clates? Would they be divided on whether or not those things should be allowed or would most be in favour of those? I would have practices? thought most would be in favour of that, wouldn't they? I don't know. I, who cares what the players think? Yeah, I mean, the point. players come and go. I don't care what they think, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, well, that, and that's part I, of the problem. That's why we're in the mess we're in. The USGA and RNA kind of caved to the, what the players want. It's like, well, this is one group of players, and, and here we are now, Rory. A couple of years later, or year and a half later, yeah, year and a half to Rory McIlroy's uh, vice commissioner, and and he doesn't like it. And there's enough guys on the pack that agree it's bad look, yeah. bad this, bad that, and it's it's and and they're the ones taking the initiative. So that's why you don't listen to players of the moment, unless they're and right, like Rory is at- in this case. 
That's exactly. Unless they agree with what we like, what we right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Well said. I mean, guys. Guys started using yardage books, I guess, in the eighties. But you look at Nicholas playing the Open in the. Not that you want to go back to this, but and and things do get better. But you look at Nicholas playing the Open in Britain in the seventies with a. He had his yardages on a scorecard. First hole, you know, end left bunker, 148 to the front, green 28 yards long. That was it. And that's really all you need, really. Not like you need a whole lot more. You know, you know, if you well, can't, like write, it, like if you can't write it on a scorecard, how much more do you need than that, really? Yeah. It's like everything, isn't it, Clay? As long as everybody's playing by the same rules, then it really doesn't make any difference, does it? It, it, it? Nobody's got any advantage of some people allowed to have green books and some aren't. Nobody has the greens books. Let's get on with it. You know, nobody has yardage books. Well, let's get on with it. Uh, I don't see a problem with that. I don't know how that would make anything worse. Uh, what a world we've – we want Tim Fincham back. The players are driving the greens books being banned. Well, Shaq. Yeah. Everything's we'll been have- turned upside down. I, I can't keep up anymore. Yeah, well, we'll have. I think we'll have more when the all the details are finalized, and in, in case this doesn't mm. happen. But I think all the organizations are on board, and more importantly, to me, it's just a huge bifurcation move, and it's a huge restoration of skill move that should have mm. some legs in some of the other areas we'd like to see. So to me, it's just a, it's a, it's incredibly positive. Um, and I, I I commend them for doing it, and uh, and the crap that Rory or whoever will take and have to listen to, but it's worth it because yeah, ultimately, and this is what I'm going to write in my piece. You, you know, they want to be viewed as these these uh, iconoclastic, individualist, tough, athletic guys, and then mm-hmm. they pull out their they they you know they pull out their script on the green, and they it totally undercuts that, and they don't know it. Some of them obviously do. Some of them obviously watched golf. And said, "This looks awful." Uh, and the ones who then have a little bit of a a, a golfing soul that you know Rory does, and they they've played the game long enough. Like, wait a second, there's a there's a there's an art to this. This is part of the skill of being a professional golfer, or finding a great caddy that helps me do this. Uh, and that's been a part of the game for for forever. And restoring that, and that's great. And it's one of those things that. Uh, most golfers will appreciate the people who are mad about it are the ones who stand to lose money off it, or you know, who are selling for thirty thousand or forty thousand a year to a college program. These books and that—that's you know, that's that's those are the only people who are going to be mad about this. Yep. Yeah, Ultimately. and the guy who makes—I mean, how, how many people are making this book? I mean, the guy blocked me on Twitter, so I'm, I'm assuming there's only one. But uh, there's a couple outfits. Are there yeah. More than one. There are a couple. Yeah. Yeah. There's so I mean, those guys aren't Wally Uline and Titleist, so they're not. That big no. hobby in terms of no, you, you're killing our business. Well, sorry, mate, but go go find another business. But you know, I mean, um, how much money are they making out of green books? It, these are they making fortunes out of them? The guys who are making them? Well, once they've expanded it to to college golf, and then getting all these players mm. to spend three hundred bucks a week um, or whatever their package deal is, I'm sure they have a package deal. Yeah, there's there's some good money in that. And then if they start getting down to the other tours and the women and the uh, corn ferry and and I'm sure they are. I don't even know on the corn ferry. So yeah, no, there's there's a business there, and uh, I get why they're mad. But the 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 professional game, and and if they want to keep, if there's average golfers who can make those work, good for them. But the professional game has to stand up for some things that 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 are integral to how it either is played or how it looks. And this is bad on both fronts. Uh, just, yeah. just bad. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's that simple. And that, that, it, it, but again, I think the real power in this is that 
It's and it's not just Rory. There clearly had to be other players if they're going to vote and get a majority vote, and they know they are. Uh, and the rules staff was obviously behind it, and the other organizations were behind mm. it. It's uh, I mean, we, yeah, the USGA and the RNA provided it in the official book at their majors, and the tour is now going to, you know, they're going to set a new precedent on that, and, and it's great, and it's slowed down play. They're slower on the greens yeah. using those things. Uh, so the and, and then for the fan who comes out on Tuesday and there's nobody out playing because they got their book and uh, maybe their caddy goes for a walk, uh, that's bad for the tour. Too. I mean, there were number, there were no positives. There were zero positives to green reading books. None. None. So the only place it didn't happen was Augusta, right? Right. They didn't right. Guy yeah. Out, so, yeah. Yeah. They don't let them in, and no. um, and nobody's. I mean, somebody might put a, a level down occasionally, but they're not putting their phone down. They're not putting their launch monitors yeah. down on those. Yeah, you know, they they. So why is that okay? You know, the greatest tournament to win for these guys and the one that everybody says is a standard bearer. Well, if they did it that way, then the, the why was it? What's wrong with copying them? And that's kind of what's yeah. happening here. Yeah. Well, as Jeff Ogilvie said on this very podcast a couple of years ago, Shaq, it's always made him wonder. Every year we go to Augusta and everybody who's there says, this is how golf should yeah, be. Yeah, that's right. This is what it should look like. <laughs> this is a, and every single one of the tournament directors mainly, what a group they are, yeah. uh, go away and do the exact opposite at their own events, having been yeah. to the Masters and seen how good it worked. I We didn't even get to US Open and Open being booted off um, uh, prominent pay TV <laughs> yeah, Thursday, no, that's, Friday that's, coverage, Shaq, which aren't you on the weekend? When we're the death we're of, about a slow the, week. The we'll, possible uh, coming death of Golf Channel, and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I reckon there's going to be a few more state of game, state of the games over 2022. Cause there's a- I think there's going to be a lot coming up in the next uh, next few months. It sounds like oh, a lot yeah. of people have had time so, to address a few things. So what's happening to the Golf Channel, Jeff? I saw you. So they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's a can of worms you could hear right yeah. in there, Clates. That's yeah. the background. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I have not been able to figure it out. Yeah. They've just not been trying this year really to uh, do much and invest in the future. So I think we're going to find out soon. They're going to name uh, change the name, and it's going to be all tour TV. I mean, I think that's why those events are moving off. Plus, it's just losing homes uh, badly. And I, I, I had tried to find out, and I had been unsuccessful, but – uh, what the minimum number of homes was they needed to reach. And they may be getting near that number if it's in a contract with either of those organizations. Yeah. And so that's another component. And the tour has just desperately – and this this tells you how the tour is. They've been desperately wanting their own channel. Uh, Jay Monahan mentioned that. He was envious of the other leagues. While the other leagues were trying to unload their TV channels, he unload wanted their TV channels. his That's to right. be like them. And you're like, no, 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 no. You're They envy you because you're on the one all-sports channel devoted to a niche sport that's a huge, monster, profitable success. Uh, yeah. But really what it was, they wanted their stupid name on it. Like, uh, you know, ego stuff. Just really shallow. And, of course, as soon as they put yeah. their name on it, that makes it less – Credible, you know, all the other sports have finally recognized there's a benefit to being, to being seen. Now they own these partners, but to be at least seen that a third party is providing our, our uh, sending our signal out to other people, and they're a they're a different organization where they're not the house organ, and and the tour has been the opposite. They want they want to have a house organ. Why they think viewers will respond to that, I have no idea. It hasn't. It hasn't worked. 
Uh, and Major Slate League Baseball, by the way, never worked. Their channel is fantastic in that they let people just. I mean, every once in a while, there's been a story of something that that seemingly was uh, massaged over, but for the most part, they report on every trade rumor. Um, their their analysts are very very opinionated, and it still isn't that big of a success. So, yeah. because it's got Major League Baseball's name on it, um, so it's a um, it's a weird mentality. So I think we'll find out, but it seems like that's been the direction it's been headed, and. For whatever reason, Comcast has just decided to to uh, throw in the towel on these cable channels, uh, while the other major media companies are not ready to do that. They go, "That's a, still a successful business. We're not going to kill what is still a successful business mm-hmm. until it's ready to be <laughs> ended." And ESPN, in particular, and Disney. Uh, so, yeah, Comcast is just that's their view. Uh, it's time to move on. And meanwhile, their streaming thing is. Um, is very mediocre. So good riddance. We'll see. Wacky, wacky, wacky. And then, wacky. And, and then I'm also hearing, um, uh, I, I don't know what your status is, but I'm also hearing the sky deal is, is up at the end of the year and nobody knows how people in the UK are going to watch golf next year. So there's that, that's another component we need to probably, uh, I mean, that's a, that's uh, it's a weird one too. So that that has and that's it's November third as we're recording this. So <laughs> yeah, that's very soon. So, so Sky decided not to televise golf in Europe. Where would golf in Europe be watched? Uh, perhaps streaming Discovery and Golf TV because I think Golf TV can, I believe, beginning in twenty twenty two. That's another market that Golf TV can offer whatever it is they offer. So it may just go to that, and that may be what the tour is doing to take care of them. But it's weird because Sky is owned by Comcast, and or maybe Comcast just looks at these ratings of the fall events and says we've had enough. I d- I don't know. We're out of golf. The PGA was in that situation a couple of years ago. With Sky was it not? Sky did not have right. the PGA right. coverage, and people in the UK were going ballistic on Twitter because yeah, they couldn't they find that. where to watch the PGA. Yeah, they had that weird little streaming, streaming thing they tried, and it yeah, so and then it wouldn't work, and people would give their credit card details. Yeah, and the thing didn't open; it and, was just a disaster. So, and it's so. important, as we know, because uh, back to Jeff Ogilvie's comment and the Masters. Um, you know, I mean, the Masters is great in a lot of different ways, but but arguably the thing that's made the Masters so powerful, so beloved. Uh, such a must-watch thing is because of the way <laughs> they handle the presentation. It's no offense to Amen Corner or Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer, but let's—you have to realistically say that I believe television and the way they—they've handled it—is uh, probably the the single greatest component of its success and its greatness and its immortal. Uh, legend, you know, not just not just the way it's handled on television, linear normal TV, but then the no. way they were out in front on streaming, yeah. and how they've well they do it. Those, yeah, yeah, they've navigated those very difficult waters of the last fifteen Unbelievably. years, incredibly, and they've tried a whole bunch of stuff, and we forget that they tried it. And, you know, I think they had three D TV at one point. Oh yeah, uh, there was one things. year where they they tried that. Four K. They've been game enough to try a whole bunch of. That's exactly right. And uh, you know, it hasn't worked. They've let it go. Exactly. So you're right. They've been very, very, very innovative from a slow start in the early 2000s. Their digital internet presence was not great. The Masters, but very quickly they ramped up, and now you almost don't need the TV. 
to experience the no, Masters. Um, no, you don't. It, no. It, it enhances it, but what an extraordinary job they've done. Well, of, and uh, then the way it's presented. Right. I mean, we laugh at the the yeah. we laugh at the jargon, and we laugh at what the announcers can't yeah, say. Yeah. But I'm not speaking about that. I'm referring to the simplicity, the 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 three or four advertising partners, the limited breaks, yeah. the uh, the cleanliness of it. You know, all those different things. The uncluttered. Um, the simplicity of where to find it, you know, everything about it has, as, uh, and, and then you watch what these other organizations are doing and it's, um, it really is vital to the, to what makes the masters, the masters. Yeah. The, the not a thousand people on the fairway with each group, every man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's things like the that too, sure. Other events and, yeah. Which, and that the is pictures probably, are always clean and. Yeah. Although yeah. that is probably one place where they have finally budged in recent years, uh, where they, I mean, they, they've let more cameramen go out behind a player and they've, they've uh, yes. been, they've been a little more free with their sound person to go out there, things like that. They have finally budged on and drones and all that, but, um, and that where they were stubborn, but, uh, but more importantly, the big picture, the masters is, is coveted in, in large part because of the way they've, they've, uh, masterminded that, that presentation. So. It's important to, you know, these tournaments, and I, or we really are really just discussing this because we're trying to, to, to make sure the tournament director knows this when the Sandbelt television rights are, <laughs> are discussed. The Sandbelt Invitationals are right there behind the master. Only four yeah, well, uh, breaks an hour. Only- okay, Clates, we want limited yeah. commercial interruption. We want good drone flyovers of the courses. And, uh, yeah, I look forward well, to hearing we'll your television people- plans. We'll have people on the fairways. All well, now, yeah. Well, we, we actually will find that charming. Fans. Unless they block out our view. Yeah. Are you tapping the microphone there, Jeff? Because that's getting a bit annoying. Oh, um, no. Sorry. Maybe it's close. Anyway, it's a <laughs> wacky, wacky world. I'm looking forward to going back in time to the Sandbelt Invitation. It's going to be – I'm going down for it, so it's going to be a fantastic sure. four days, huh. which I'm really looking Take forward to. Oh, I've got a ticket because I know the tournament director. Yeah, that's we it. We will. Good Kathy food. Got it all sorted. <laughs> good media center food, <laughs> good parking, and you'll get great stories. Does, does goes, Kathy know what the... she's let herself in for? There oh, goes yeah, the landmine. Bring up Kathy. You're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. We'll wait for Shaq to come back and we'll give it a miss. You, you, you know you can throw... You know you can throw that thing away now, Jeff. There's other. I, I'm aware of that. It's a long story. Go. It's part of my cable <laughs> package. It's part of the the scam that I'm stuck in on that, and I need to. <laughs> uh, Look, we have earthquakes understand. here, Rod. Let's... I've explained this many yeah. times. Of course, uh, I say this now, yeah, and my sorry. phone is not actually technically a landline. It's a cable line, and so I don't even know why I'm sticking to that. But because <laughs> you're uh, you're an old fuddy-duddy, mate, and we yeah. welcome it here on the Grumpy Old Man Show. Shaq, been great to catch up with you. It always is, mate. Thank you for running us through some of the complications that are professional golf in the modern era. Of course. And, uh, Clates, great to have you on board, mate. How many years do you reckon you'll do as tournament director? <laughs> maybe, maybe one. I'm, I'm not <laughs> reckoning you're going to get the two. That's maybe why. One. That's why. You're the perfect first-year tournament director. Yeah. Right, then he hands it to his mentor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A mentee, uh, looking forward to catching. Yeah, 
looking forward to catching up with you in person, actually, in about a month or so when I come down for the for the event, Clades. But great to have you company today. Thank yeah, you, Rock. Most enjoyable. And that's it. State of the Game, episode 117. We might do a show from down there, Clades. We might bring Shaq in on the big screen in the clubhouse and get a crowd gathered around, do a live performance. That'd be nice. Here we go. That's a good idea. We could easily do that. Yeah, well, you know, the tournament director, you can uh, you just tell yeah. Kathy to make it happen and she'll make it happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> episode 117 in the books. Looking forward to your company when we come back for episode 118. I suspect it'll be fairly soon. Here on State of the Game. State of the Game is a Talk and Golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.